If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hi, I'm London. I'm Anya, and this is Grave Danger. I hate intros and closings with all my heart. <laughs> Welcome, girls, gays, bays, and gentlemen. Today we have a very special case. We do. London will tell us a little bit more about <laughs> that because, uh, once again, I don't know anything about it. I had the sister of the story that we're going to tell about this girl. I had her sister actually reach out to me through a Facebook group that we're in together about covering the case, and she was super-duper helpful with giving information and going through, like, what I wrote up and like, research and stuff. Like, she went through and checked everything for me. And it was super, super helpful. And so, this is a very important case we're going to cover today. So, I'm excited for that. I've been told to reel back some of my um, opinions on certain aspects of the case since it is currently being looked into and everything. This is a active case still. And so, we don't want to hinder the investigation or also have anything come against us so yeah bro i'm not trying to get <laughs> sued because like some dudes like oh damn yeah they said something shitty in that podcast that only has 200 followers you know <laughs> like <laughs> so i mean we'll still be having our little banter and stuff but it's not gonna be as an ex- extreme so yeah, we can just get into it then. So Brianna Nugent was born on May 13th, 1987 in Hayden, Alabama, which is a very small town. It only has a population of about like 1,300 people. She grew up very close to her youngest sister, Brittany, and would rarely go a day without hanging out or at least talking. Even as they grew into adults with separate homes and lives, they remained really close. Brittany is the one that reached out to us, right? Yes. Okay. Brianna is described as someone who could bring a smile to anyone's face. She was a bit on the shy side, but had a very bubbly personality. She loved music, was super caring, smart, and just like an overall great person. She went to high school in Hayden, and at a lake party, she met Stephen Nix, who went on to become her first boyfriend. Brianna's family didn't like Stephen that much, but Brianna had fallen in love with him, so they tried to get past it. They described Stephen as someone that was difficult to be around. He talked a lot, bragged a lot and always had to, like, one-up everyone. Brianna and Stephen did go on to get married in 2011, but because of her family's opinions of Stephen, she would keep her relationship with him pretty private and wouldn't share when they were having, like, a fight or anything like that. But there was a time when Brianna came to Brittany saying that she wasn't happy and that she felt stuck. Of course, Brittany offered Brianna the spare bedroom to get away, but she never took it. Stephen also didn't have a job for the last six years besides some odd jobs here and there. And Brianna actually had two jobs as a nurse. She had one full-time at a hospital at Princeton, and the other was a part-time at Birmingham Surgery Center. Material girl. (laughs) 
Uh, some of her co-workers have mentioned that Stephen would come to her job and ask her for money and just, like, embarrass her. And this wasn't a one-time occurrence either. How many years were they married before Brianna came to Brittany saying that she was unhappy? I don't know exactly when that was, but I'd say probably like eight or nine years was when that occurred. Okay. Uh, He would never say anything good about her to anyone and would always talk bad about her. And it's believed that Steven was having an affair and Brianna found out about this. And which makes sense because one of her coworkers mentioned that Brianna was using a burner phone to contact a divorce attorney. Divorce. divorce. I know. <laughs> to contact a divorce attorney because he would actually keep track of her phone records. And he also was just very controlling overall. Like, for example, he would control their mailbox and watch for any letters or packages coming in and out of it. And it was so bad that any time that Brianna wanted to order a gift or something for anybody, she would have to have it shipped to Brittany's house so he wouldn't see it. And I mentioned him controlling the phone records. And he would also control all of her finances, even though she was the one making all the money, basically. So, I'm not saying that this was abuse, but I'm saying that if you were to open my psychology book and look at the definition and signs of it, most of those things would match up. Hypothetically. (laughs) Take what you will from that. (laughs) So this story takes place on March 2nd, 2020. And for about two weeks prior to that... That's almost exactly two years ago. Yeah, you're right. Almost a month away. Oh my god. Uh, For two weeks prior to that, Brianna hadn't been in touch with her sister, Brittany. This was unusual for them since they did see each other almost every day, as I mentioned. But Brittany assumed that she could have been busy with work at the hospital, especially because she had just started at this new job about six months ago. And she had been working the night shifts because the money was good. But being a nurse would get to her sometimes. There were times that she would go over to Brittany's house upset about losing a patient because she, like, cared and tried so much at her job, obviously. But even when it would get to her sometimes, Brittany would have to sometimes convince Brianna to come over because she would say that she had, like, chores or had to do other things, even though she was texting Brittany saying, like, I'm really upset about this, you know? Like, she wouldn't always just go over. So that makes sense. So it was just kind of like a, oh, like you're upset, come over, we can have, like, a little, like, wine night kind of yeah. bullshit. and she's like, she's oh, like, busy. oh, no, I can't. She was like, no, 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 come over, we can yeah. talk about your feelings, girls' night. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So when they went two weeks without being in touch, Brittany just assumed that she was busy, like she had been a little bit lately. Yeah. Brianna got home from work around 8 a.m. on March 2nd, and usually, after working an overnight shift, she would come home and go to bed. But rather than her being in bed when Stephen got home at about 12.05-ish, he found Brianna unresponsive in the bathroom. He had called the police as well as Brittany at 12.23, saying, hey, what are you doing? Brittany said she was at work and had just finished eating lunch. What are you doing? He then said, well, you better get over here. Your sister has done tried to kill herself. He said it so nonchalantly that she didn't even believe him at first and had to ask if he was being serious. If the person that I was married to... If I were to walk in, hypothetically, on them unresponsive and I had to call their family and mm-hmm. tell them that... Is that the words you would use? No, I think I might. <laughs> I Hypothetically, look for something maybe a little less um, fucking horrible. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more like, oh my god, like I 
like you know have actual emotions towards this person <laughs> oh no i s- tried to start a life with this person oh no the love of my life is <laughs> yeah i just that's just like throwing it out there that's just my personal yeah my personal <laughs> you would feelings go on the situation <laughs> anyway though and so when Brittany did arrive at their house she walked in and saw steven sitting in the living room with his parents on either side of him he was staring at the floor. His parents both had tears rolling down their faces and seemed very shook up while he sat there, extremely calm, looking at the floor. And here's the thing. Of course, we're not judging how he's reacting because everyone reacts to death differently. Yeah. We don't know how we would react in this situation either. However, Brittany had mentioned in an interview that just six months prior to this, Stephen's best friend had passed away and he was very visibly upset about it. Yeah, I also like... At the same time. So I, I know that I said, like, you know, like, if I had to, like, call, you know. Well, calling's one thing, then showing emotion. Because you, you can be easygoing about how you're telling somebody about it versus, like, not crying. Because I don't cry personally to a lot of deaths either. But it just, but he I, I understand that, like, you know, shock and everything is yes. also a factor. Especially if he's the person that, like, found her. Yeah, that's true. So, like, I, yeah, okay. Now, I... I spoke too soon in my last comment, but also at the same time... No, 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 because I feel like he could have still been more sympathetic a little bit about telling her. Like, not even, like, crying or anything. I'm not saying that part, but, like, calling her and telling her, like, that to come up... Like, I you could... That has nothing to do with being in shock. I feel like, like... Yeah, I'm not saying it was good, but I'm saying, like, I'm (laughs) taking a couple steps back from what I said because, you know, Mm -hmm. if he is in, like, that severe shock, hypothetically, that's my favorite word in this case right now. (laughs) Like, the shock could have made him respond in a situation that, like, in a way that, like, is, like, not fitting for the situation. Because, you know, people, like, if they're talking about death or something with somebody else and they start, like, laughing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's not an appropriate reaction, but you're just still kind of, like, your yeah. body doesn't know how to react. To no, it. yeah, no, I get that. That's what I'm saying. Like, we don't... Everybody yeah, so, reacts differently. Yeah, but... But when... That's what I'm saying. I'm however. agreeing that it could have been better said completely. But even all for that, though, still... Six months prior, he was very visibly upset about his best friend. So yeah. We, they've seen him react to other deaths before. Okay. So Brittany asked him what happened. And he told her that he was standing outside, right, like, before he had left and heard a thump. But didn't think anything of it. Just maybe she had dropped her cell phone. So he went inside and was like, hey, love you. Like, I'm heading out. And then he left to go to the bank and the dump. And he was gone for about an hour. But just to add some, like, a little bit more context to this, Brianna was over 200 pounds and the sound of a phone falling is nothing compared to a full-grown woman falling like if you hear like a oh my phone fell is different from a full person falling really yeah like, crazy right? crazy, crazy. <laughs> and so he was gone and then he got home around like 12 or 5 like i said and so when he got back he noticed that there was a light on in the bathroom but the door was shut he thought that was weird because she never shut the bathroom door He said he picked the lock with his fingernail to get in, and she was lying on the floor with her head at the door, so he had to, like, kind of push it open to get in. And that's when he called the police at 12.12. The operator was giving him directions to perform chest compressions, but you couldn't hear him counting or doing compressions or any of that. And according to records, it was only two minutes between the time that he called the police and the time first responders arrived. With, like, the hear him counting or doing chest compressions kind of thing. Again, with, like, the shock, he might just be, like, Oh my god. Yeah. What the fuck, you know? And so the thing with the fingernail is it is one of those locks where you can just, like, 
stick like a butter knife or if you have a kind of nail you can like turn it mm -hmm. but he has no nails he was a very avid like nail biter so confused about that but yes so let's put that there uh, there was also an 18 gauge needle lying beside her on the floor and there were other unopened needles found at the scene of various sizes however all of the puncture wounds appeared to be from an 18 gauge needle but she had been an RN for about 12 years and would know that you don't inject with an 18 gauge needle that's a really big needle so that's not one you use for injections whatsoever and then there was the bottle of what's assumed to be injected in her body in the sink and so to really get a picture of this timeline here Brittany got the call at 12 23 right and it took her about 40 minutes to get there his uncle who's the deputy at the local police department was about 30 minutes away and his parents live 8 to 10 minutes away, and the paramedics are only a few minutes away. Paramedics say that his uncle and parents were there before they were. So that would mean that he called his uncle, the deputy that was 30 minutes away, then his parents, then 911 at 12.12, and then Brittany at 12.23, and police arrived at 12.14. So there's a, you know, that's the wording. You know, okay, I know I failed college algebra. <laughs> But even I know that that math doesn't uh, exactly add up. Where at? The entire thing. Yeah. When the police were called in relation to yes. everyone else. Yes. That's why I laid it out like this because I was like, he's 30 minutes away. Paramedics are two minutes away. Yeah, that was a little... Uh, yeah. Priorities maybe a little... Yes, yes. Out of order, out of place. And Brianna was pronounced dead after trying to revive her for about 45 minutes to an hour. And her cause of death was due to an accidental overdose of fentanyl. And so if you don't know, fentanyl is a pain medication that is 80 to 100 times stronger than morphine. And it's given to patients who are freshly out of surgery or any severe pain. And it comes in different forms. It comes in the pill, the patch, and the injectable form. It's a controlled substance and is mostly used in emergency room situations. It's also highly addictive, too. Yes. And when the investigator gets there, she said that Stephen was basically tripping over the paramedics trying to remove a trash bag from the bathroom they went in. And then he went and put the trash in his truck, like, while they're, like, trying to revive her. The investigator said that? Yes. Like, when the investigator got there, because she, the paramedics got there before her. And so when the investigator got there, that's what she, like, saw him, like, like, going to get the trash and taking it. A little sus. <laughs> and Stephen was very okay with investigators looking through Brianna's phone and car and belongings. But when it came to his truck and phone, he was like, absolutely not. And so the investigator had to leave to go get a search warrant and told him in the meantime, do not touch that truck or trash bag. And so going to get the warrant took about an hour. And when she got back, the truck and bag had been moved. I'm shocked. Yeah. Uh, they were able to look through the trash bag, and they found a pair of black latex gloves, syringes, and things like that. Okay. <laughs> when they talked to Steven, he said that he was asleep when she got home, so he didn't know exactly what time she got home. So they asked for her passcode to her phone, and he acted like he didn't know it, but he was so controlling of money and calls, like, I feel like he would have known the code. But that's opinion, you know, you don't know. Uh, but Brittany ended up being like, I know the code. And so they unlocked the phone, and it was open to a paused Facebook video. So like she was, like, in the middle of the video when she locked her phone. Or it, like, automatically turned off. And there was a missed call from Steven from around 7.50 a.m. And so they asked him, like, where, 
you said you were asleep. And he's like, oh, I don't really remember. I must have woken up and called her and then fell back asleep and forgot about it. I I can't lie. I, that's... I, I've done that multiple yes, times. Yes, that's like, we're not like, that's not I the craziest thing. I literally do that with you. <laughs> yes, that's not the craziest, that part's not the craziest part. That's just, this is what happened. <laughs> and so Stephen was never like actually questioned during this entire thing. His uncle did arrive in uniform and was working the scene, but as I said, didn't come with the other first responders. But he was hovering over the lead investigator the entire time, which pretty much had her intimidated and reluctant to ask Stephen any serious questions because the deputy's watching over her. And could be the reason that Stephen and his family were also allowed in the crime scene while paramedics were working, whereas Brittany and her family were not allowed to. A few things. Let me, let me <laughs> get my thoughts together. Yes. Starting out. Okay. Thought number one. Is that not a conflict of interest? 100%. That was going to be the next thing I said. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I'm not, you know, super well aware of all of, like, the rules and regulations that come in investigations and stuff. I feel like that one's just kind of, like, something that everyone fucking knows. Yes. Especially if the deputy is your uncle and just happens to be hovering over. Like, that's sus as fuck. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are in any situation. Like, that's sus as fuck. Mm -hmm. It would be sus in any situation. But yeah. especially this one. Especially since his entire family was there. Yeah. Like, what they're just, like, hanging out in there. Well, it's like parents, not like, but yeah. But I get yeah. that, but like, I, yeah. And her parents were, I don't know, like, her and her mom were there, definitely. I don't know if there's like anybody else on that side or not, but Brittany and her mom were there. And they weren't allowed in. No. But his family was. Yes. Her daughter yeah. and her sister <laughs> was lying there dead, and they were not allowed to enter the scene. Nope. I understand that. I understand, if like, nobody else was exactly, also allowed because to they have to let the paramedics work. Yes, 100%. But he's but taking up the trash during it. Like, yeah, like, especially, and then if his family's there, but... I don't, um, yeah, his parents were there. I don't think they, like, obviously not all of them were in the bathroom, but they were, like, at the scene, you know? I don't, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. That's a complete conflict of interest. Yeah. Like, literally, like, think, a, yeah. a three-year-old could look at that and be like, mm, that's <laughs> fucked up, you know? <laughs> And the fact that he wasn't even questioned. Yeah. And then on top of that, Stephen was also joking and laughing just minutes after they pronounced her dead about his handwriting not being legible. So Brittany actually had to write his statement for him. All I'm saying is a few of these things don't add up. <laughs> so, yeah. So Brittany and her mom weren't able to go into the scene and they were just told that there weren't any marks on Brianna's body other than a little bit of blood on her arm when she had injected the needle and a few drops in the sink. But when Brittany got to the funeral home, her body was covered. Brianna's whole chin was black, and she had what appeared to be carpet burn from the center of her forehead down to her temple. She had a bruise on the bridge of her nose. She had injection sites in the back of her right elbow. She's right-handed, so that makes no sense. Just throwing that out there. She's right-handed, so she had the injection sites on her inside of the right arm, basically. I'm, I'm acting it out right <laughs> now, and I could not... No. I could not do that with nope. my <laughs> right hand. So yeah, she had injection sites there. She also on her kneecap and all of her feet, including the arches. There were injection sites on the top of her hands and severe bruising on the palm of her hands and on her inner thighs. Her arms and legs were covered in bruises as well. And what appeared to be fingernail scratches on the side of her right knee. There was also a few gashes and scrapes on her feet. And the bruises on the arches of her feet lined up perfectly with finger marks as if she could have been, like, possibly held down. 
And that's just what Brittany was able to see. There's no telling what else could have been like on her backside, her stomach, or chest because they won't release the autopsy. They do know that she had a broken rib, but that was said to have probably been done by the paramedic. And, yeah, and her ankle appeared to be broken, according to experts, after they saw the photos. But yeah, no autopsy's been released. But from what Brittany could count and stuff from the photos, she had over 80 injection sites. Why will they not release the autopsy? I wish I had an answer. We're going to get more into the laws of autopsies and stuff there later. Like, I have that written. Fine, I don't have to, I don't have to rant about the autopsies. But I'm sure it's all going to rank around the fucking rest of it. Yeah. So I understand trying to keep, like, the family calm and everything. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, saying, like, oh, no, like, you don't want to see her like this right now. Yeah. Like, oh, no, like, just stand over here by me. Like, blah, blah, blah. You know? So that they don't, like, see her, like, in unresponsive, all that kind of whatever yeah. bullshit, you know? Not bullshit. You understand what I'm trying yes. to say. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, like, I understand, like, that. But, like, to the extent where they're like, oh, no, there's nothing on her. It's just a, a little tiny bit of blood from the, like, yeah. single injection. Don't you worry your sweet little head about it, girl. Like, don't worry about it. Like, she, there's not, she's fine. Like, there is nothing on her, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, just straight up lying. Yeah. Like, they're not going to fucking see her later. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a difference between being like, oh, no, like, you don't want to see this right now. And being like, oh, here's a blatant fucking lie that you're going to figure out in about, I don't know, two hours, yeah. give or take. Yeah. Which, first of all, is sus as fuck. Second of all. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Why are you lying? Why are you lying? What's the purpose? Mm-hmm. Yep. Sus. Yep. And also, two of Brianna's coworkers have come and said that they did not notice any marks or bruises on her that night, that when she was working. And if she did have those bruises, bruises on her feet, there would be no way she could have gotten through the 12-hour shift she had. Also, her ankle appeared to be broken. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's how bad the bruising was too yep. <laughs> like they also said that that night at work she was like her normal bubbly self was joking with them and seemed to be in a happy mood so brianna died on a monday and her funeral was on the following friday so everything basically unfolded within a week so here's what happened uh days after brianna's death on march 3rd so that's like the day right after Brittany and her mom searched for a decent outfit for brianna to wear during her funeral During the search, they looked through her entire underwear drawer to find a good pair because a lot of them were old and had holes because she never shopped for herself. And to continue off of that, Brianna only had about like an eighth of her closet and the rest was all Steven's clothes. So like when I said like he controlled money and stuff, she did not shop for herself. Is it just because she wasn't allowed to or because she chose not to? Manipulated it. No idea. 
She just did not have a lot of clothes or underwear. Just some theories. Yes. Just a little bit of <laughs> hee-hee-ha-ha yeah. spitballing. Yes. And so on March 4th, Stephen finds one vial of fentanyl and a 25-gauge needle in the spare room. Police did say that they did a brief search through the bedroom, but this was found in the spare bedroom. So, like, maybe they didn't search there. Maybe they did. We don't know. Do they know where the fentanyl is from? No. But I'm going to get more into that later, too. But yeah, no. So March 7th was the day after Brianna's funeral. Stephen finds a needle and a bloody tissue in Brianna's underwear drawer. But like I said, Brittany and her mom just looked through the drawer four days before that. And in the photo that he took, like, of this evidence he found to send to Brittany, he's holding the needle while wearing black latex gloves. The black latex gloves that they found um, yes. with the syringes in the garbage can? Yes, which... On its own isn't weird, because, like, I have latex gloves. Yeah. But it's weird, because why is he wearing gloves while searching through her things? And why is he searching through her things in the first place? To not put his fingerprints on it. I mean, if I was, like, trying to find evidence and stuff of something that was going on, like, you know, period. I feel like I would probably try and, like, wear, like, any kind of gloves, you know, just so I don't, like, fuck any evidence of. Fair. But you also would think police would do their job and search it. So you, you don't think have police would about, do a lot of things. Yeah, you don't have to worry about searching it yourself. Like, that's weird. Well, but yeah, anyway, so that same day, Brittany got a call from Stephen, and he told her that he was ready to give her some of the stuff that Brittany had, like, bought for her and, like, some of her things. And he had several garbage bags of her clothes and other personal items bagged up and ready to be given away. After he let everyone else go through her stuff, meaning, like, his mom and his sister. Rihanna's family didn't get to go through any of it, Besides, like, looking for the outfit for her. Mm -hmm. But didn't get to go through any of it until after he had his family go through it. And all that was left was, like, her older clothes that had, like, some holes and stuff in it, like, older clothes and workout clothes. But he did insist that Brittany take this purse of hers. And this is where Brittany found another needle. This isn't, like, illegal or sus or anything. Like, the first part of that, not the second part. We'll get yeah. There. It's a little, like... Not shitty. great. Yeah, a little shitty. That's not like, that's not legal though. If my pretty little sister were to marry somebody and then, you know, God forbid something like this happened in any mm -hmm. capacity and her husband was like, I'm going to let all of my family go through it and then you get yeah. to see all of it next. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Exactly. It, it's, I'm fighting. Yeah. And then the one thing that he was like, you have to take this. Like, take this purse of hers. Yeah, he's like, okay, here's all of the stuff um, that I let my rest of my family go through. But here's, like, one nice purse that I kept aside just just for you. Yeah. Not because I'm a good person, but because I'm a manipulative asshole. <laughs> Hypothetically. And, yeah, and then there's another needle in there. So at this point, Brianna's family just wanted answers. So they started asking who her doctors were because they knew she was seeing a psychiatrist. But when they asked him, he lied to them about what doctor she went to. But Brianna had just recently gone to the doctor that Thursday before her death, and they tried to call the doctor, but they couldn't get any information since they weren't next of kin. And when they asked Stephen to call, he said, quote, No, he wasn't there with her, so he ain't going to know nothing. Honestly, we may never know definitely if she meant to or didn't, even when the report came back. I'm not trying to sound like I don't care or anything to that nature. I just got one million things going on, and it's hard thinking of everything I'm needing to do on top of thinking about not having my angel here with me no more. So I'm trying to keep that part of the whole situation kind of quiet in my mind, at least till I get these financial things handled. Don't take these texts the wrong way. 
I know you're worried about what happened and what was going through her head. I'm in the same boat with you. If you're in the same boat, then fucking message the psychiatrist. Yes. And like, what, is it, what does it mean that no, he wasn't there with her, so he ain't going to know nothing? Like, he's, just a, he's a psychiatrist. He literally knows what's going through her head. Also, if he didn't want to deal with that, he could at least like call a psychiatrist and be like, hey, I'm the next of kin. Can you yeah. let them see this? Yeah, like, like give them permission. Yeah. Yeah, true. And he wouldn't have to deal with any of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He could just be like, here's this, like, you know, like, let me get it for you. Or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And then he wouldn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she was seeing a psychiatrist because she did have ADD that she would take medicine for. But Stephen had a bit of a drug issue that we don't know the extent of it. Besides that he was buying some kind of drugs off the street. We don't know what, like none of that. But if Brianna didn't keep her ADD medicine with her, Stephen would also try to steal them from her. He's also claiming that Brianna had a secret drug problem, but she had to get a drug test at her job. How often did she get drug testing? I don't know the exact, like, how often, but she did just get this job six months earlier, so she had to get drug tested to get that job. I'm not saying that she did, but fentanyl doesn't stay in your body for a super, super long time, so you couldn't pass a drug test. Yes, but also, I mean, as far as her family has said, like, there was no signs of her having a drug issue. She's never had one growing up or anything like that. Like, it wasn't, like, as far as they are aware of, obviously, and that we are aware of, she did not have one. Okay. And I'm also going to go over Princeton's protocol for fentanyl because it's basically impossible to stick a couple of vials in your pocket and walk out of the hospital and take them home with you. And that's what Steven and investigators are referring that she did. Okay. So the machine they use is called a Pyxis. And to pull anything controlled, you have to log in with your fingerprint, count the vials of what you need that are currently in there, and enter it in the system. And then when you pull the amount you need, you enter the account again. And if the account is off, you have to go through the pharmacy to fix any discrepancy. To waste any of the medicine, you have to have another nurse watch you waste it into the correct place. Then you both have to use fingerprints in the Pyxis to confirm waste. And the machine also keeps track of all this. Police have still not been able to 100% say where the vials came from. And not to mention that the vials of fentanyl that were found aren't the same type that they have at the hospital. And not a single person she worked with has recognized them because their bottles look completely different. And Stephen and the investigators are saying that that's where she must have gotten them. I don't know if to the extent if the investigators are still pushing that because they just, that's what they had come and said. Like, she had to have found them there, but they don't know 100%. That is what he is saying because he is also like, where else would she get them? Which, I mean, it makes sense in theory, but pretty much it's like impossible too. So like, I don't understand how. And this, everybody that she... Yeah worked with are so was like we have no fucking clue where those yeah. came from yeah and i think it's kind of a good conclusion that maybe she didn't get them from yes the place where you're assuming yeah i forgot to mention this in the beginning but this case like how we've had cases before where it's like here's information and then it's like oh and then here's more information because there's nothing like fully wrapped up in this case so that's why it's kind of like going just so three different point. bullet points every now and then last week's case yeah okay so, Benny was told by the investigator that Brianna and Steven were arguing back and forth over text all night during her shift about the affair. And text messages also show this, and that Brianna was upset because of Steven's rekindled affair. Yeah, I'd be kind of pissed off, too, yeah. if my husband is having an affair. 
But of course, her phone was never stored properly. And the family was told it has lost all of the data on it. Uh, investigators took her phone and they still have it. But Stephen went into the phone company right after they took it and had her phone deactivated and had her number transferred over to a burner phone he has. So even if they like call the phone now, like he can pick it up. This man said, I'm going to do every single sus thing under the fucking sun. Yeah. That's not like normal. Mm -hmm. That's you don't, especially with like the whole losing data thing. Yeah. In order to lose the data on my phone, like I get that I have an iPhone, like, you know, it's got like the cloud and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. but all of that is saved that. Yeah. And on top of that, you'd have to literally go into my phone, press like the, like remove all data, like the factory reset. They probably do when they've deactivated the phone. So I don't know. I don't know how that works exactly when you do it through the phone company. And so there was a woman who kept showing up to the house and could be the person who he was maybe having an affair with, who moved in with Stephen only a few months after her death. And her car was seen at the house late at night before the funeral as well. So yeah, that's just kind of like putting that out there. So she, he has a different woman living in the house with him now. Still? Yes, like they, she lives there currently, yes. That she moved in a few months after Brianna's death. Are they like friends? Do we know for sure? We don't know for sure. It could maybe be the person he was having an affair with. It could maybe be a friend. Like we don't know the extent of the relationship, but she lives there. Okay. On the anniversary of Brianna's death, Brianna's mom sent a text to Stephen asking where the headstone was. They still don't have that. Um, and instead of him just responding to the text, his mom decided to post on Facebook about it instead. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I'll post a photo of, like, the whole post on the site because it's kind of long. But it's basically saying that Stephen wanted a photo etched onto the headstone. And the stone had to be shipped overseas and has been at the etcher for weeks because everything's backed up due to COVID. But in this post, she says that the receipt date for when he ordered the headstone was in August. And that's already five months after her death. So he could have done it sooner, and I get like not doing it right immediately. But Brianna's family has been visiting her grave for a whole entire year at that point without a tombstone. And they don't even get a say in the tombstone because it's not their burial plot. And before he'd even gotten the death certificate, he was calling the hospital wondering how to get her life insurance money. So he could have been calling about a headstone too, you know? The thing that bothers me about that is that he said that he was so worried about getting, like, finances and everything in order. He was getting life insurance finances in order. So the original investigator who was on the case uh, was actually taken off of the case and from the Blount County Sheriff's Department. Why? We don't know. But some are theorizing... That this is because she was actually going against people in the department to get answers. And this is such a small town, like, office, and everybody knows each other, that they took her off to coverage. Again, this is just a theory of why she was removed. We don't know the actual reason. But this is a, like I said, very small town. Everybody knows each other. Like, the deputy's his uncle. Like, it's small. Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything. Hypothetically, uh, this would make sense if they were trying to cover it up because the Mr. Deputy is his uncle. Yes, and they continue that. So, 
to go into the autopsy part, so in Alabama, autopsy reports are public records, whether completed by the State Department of Forensic Sciences or by the county coroner. They are public. The Blanc County Coroner's website states, in cases where the cause and manner of death are not determined or it's still pending investigation, copies of the autopsy and toxicology reports will usually be available a few weeks after the cause of death is determined and a death certificate's filed. Okay. This can be as long as 90 days after the death, but it's usually sooner. But even in this case, it's been two years since her death. There is a death certificate out. Why is her autopsy not? I have more about it if you don't have anything to say. No, I, I think that all of this is just a bunch of pieces to a puzzle that, um, <laughs> that's a fucked up puzzle. Yeah. It's a fucked up puzzle. Like, it just, this is screaming murder mystery movie, and... <laughs> It's pointing to, I'm not allowed to finish that sentence. <laughs> I'm not allowed to finish that sentence. All I'm saying is that it's very sus. Yeah. And anyways, <laughs> I'm not saying anything else. True. Well, the loophole that they're leaning into for the autopsy uh, is that the Alabama law does say there is a possible exception where autopsy reports might not be made public if there's an ongoing criminal investigation and that the information found in the autopsy might somehow compromise the investigation. But the issue with that, as far as Brittany understands it, the autopsy reports have been released to Stephen, who is listed as her next of kin, but it has not been released to Brittany, her family, or made public. It's like, that's... It's been released to him, as far as she knows. You know what could like possibly aid in furthering along this criminal investigation? What's that? Questioning the husband. <laughs> Questioning anybody at this point. Questioning like, fucking anybody. <laughs> like, I don't know why was his whole family there before yeah. the fucking police were called. Why is the I deputy don't know. called first? Why was the deputy there first? Why is the deputy, his uncle, allowed to partake in any of this? That's... Not that it says that he is partaking in it, but like he was even there, standing over the yeah. investigator who was why trying. Was she... Why was she taken Why off? Why was she taken off? Why is the autopsy not public? If that's Why the is the autopsy not public? And if it's an ongoing criminal investigation, like, why don't we start trying to, I don't know, do what we're fucking paid for? Yeah. Our jobs? Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe question some Why people? is there not an investigation going? Like yeah, it's, if there's an ongoing criminal investigation, uh, prove it to me. <laughs> Where? Yeah. Where is the investigation? I'm not seeing any. It's been two years. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get on this. What's so, Brittany and her family are asking the public for help to share this case and be in a story. Because even though it is an ongoing investigation, like we just said, they don't seem to be doing anything. Um, Stephen has not been brought questioning. They haven't contacted any of the neighbors to see what they may have seen. They haven't even contacted the DEA about fentanyl's bottles being taken from the hospital, possibly. So, they said, oh no, she's dead. Let's not do a single thing about it and then try and cover it up. Why would they not even contact the DEA about, like... Po like people working there possibly stealing things like you would think because like, that's what that's they're a, going with that's also a big issue yeah if that's what they're going with but even then if why, the hospital is like oh we um don't know where those bottles came from like okay so uh, let's figure out where the bottles came from and usually i don't know for sure for this usually there are from hospitals and stuff anyway there are codes on bottles like that for injection bottles there's codes that you can look up to see where they came from what if it's from, like, a hospital, or, like, if some- because, I mean, it's a controlled substance, and the injection form are usually used in emergency room cases, so most of the time they are from hospitals. So if it's from a hospital, there would be a code on it to look up 
Mm, yeah. I want the autopsy report. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> What's the name of this town? Hayden. At the Hayden police. Release the autopsy report. I'm going to be fucking tweeting about it. You can email them, message them. Like, there's a bunch <gasps> of things we could do. Email. You can. Message. <laughs> Are we going to be posting some of those things? We are. We are. I'm going to go into that right now. Oh. There's a Facebook group and a petition created that I will link, as well as a GoFundMe page. Because Brittany and her family have hired a private investigator and a lawyer, which is quite expensive. And any amount will help. Brittany has also said that if they can raise enough money, they will arrange to have their own autopsy performed. But that starts around $30,000. So yeah, please, if you're able to donate, that's a big help for them. If you can't, that's totally fine. Uh, But share this case as much as you can so we can start to get some actual answers. Justice for Brianna, bro. Yeah, the more we share her story, the better chance there is of someone out there being able to help. If anyone has any information on the case, you can submit it to the anonymous tip line at 205-282-0740. Uh, you can also send it through messaging on the Facebook page. And like I said, uh, Brittany is super helpful and will answer. She's amazing. And if you join the Facebook group, there is more resources and things on there to help move this case along, i.e. emailing people or messaging people on Facebook and stuff. We have, That's in the Facebook group. Because this shit's unacceptable. Yes. This shit's wild. Yes, definitely sign the petition as well. Um, and yeah, that's... Let's get them actually doing their fucking jobs. What concept. Yes, we're trying to spread this as much as possible. We're reaching out to other podcasts. Like I said, Brittany actually reached out to us about covering this. Like, we want this out there and covered. Like, this obviously has so many loose ends and so many questions that have literally no answers that... That could possibly have answers. That if could definitely have answers. The police did their job. Yes. Which, you know, shouldn't be that hard yeah. or that much to ask for. Yes. So that's the that's the bottom line is that they need to do more. They need to do a fuck ton more. Yeah. Facts. This is ridiculous. Okay. It's been two years. Almost exactly two years. Insane. The fact that, like, I haven't even, like, heard about... Because th- yeah. London does all the research, so she was the one that was contacting, like, Brittany. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, like, if... She hadn't reached out to us. We would have no idea that this existed. Literally. There would be... There's been nothing about this. If you search her name on Google and, like, set it to news, there's not even a news article. Like, there's literally nothing. We're doing it right now as we speak. Yep. There is no But on the bright side, articles. if you search her name, the Facebook page and the petition and the GoFundMe all come up as the top three links. So you can find that really easy, too. It does link to the Facebook page, and within that page, there's a Facebook group linked, because that is where she's actively posting and stuff. Like, she still monitors if there's any comments or anything, but the Facebook group is what's active. But yeah, that's our case. Um, I know we're a little bit late, but as I said, I was talking with Brittany and having them just, like, kind of go through everything that I wrote up, so... Making sure that everything's as accurate as possible. Yes, but super important case that I was so excited to share with you guys. And glad to spread this as much as possible, even if we are a small little podcast. If you guys have any other podcasts that are similar or like podcast ideas that are similar to this or cases like this, and if you want to discuss them with us and see if maybe we'd be able to cover anything, Mm -hmm. 
we'd love if you guys would reach out to us. Yeah, we have a form on the website that you can submit it to, and then I can, like, follow up through email through there. Or if you just, like, DM us on Instagram or something, too, we are active on that, too. Thank you guys for <laughs> sticking with us since this was late, but hopefully you are going to spread the word or you at least learned more about this case and are able to look more into it or join any of the pages or anything that we are providing. That would be fantastic. We'd really appreciate it. And we will see you all next week on Grave Danger. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.